0: Welcome to The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth Podcast with your host, Chris DeRoe. Years ago, Chris was a firefighter and a paramedic and witnessed many people not getting another tomorrow, and it shaped who he is now as a financial strategist. Chris doesn't just help people plan for a secure tomorrow, he helps them plan for a better today. Chris lives in Burlington, Ontario, and is an investment advisor at Three Hats Financial, a trade name of Harborfront Wealth Management an IROC dealer. Let's get to it.
1: We work from home, we shop from home, we are entertained at home, and it's all online. That is creating quite the opportunity for cyber criminals. How can you protect yourself and your family? Well, Chris DeRoe of Three Hats Financial has a guest who can offer some cybersecurity tips. Welcome again to Chris's podcast, The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth. He's joined by Chuck Young of SysTech Solutions. Chuck has nearly three decades of experience in IT. And he works with a wide range of businesses to streamline and secure their technology. Being online at home has become the norm for most people, which Chris means this topic is spot
2: on. Thanks, Patrice. Yes, this is a topic I've been wanting to do for quite a while. And I've actually had quite a few listeners in the last little bit, been asking for something like this just now, because obviously as you mentioned Patrice in the intro that there's a lot more people working from home, shopping from home, doing everything from home on the computers. And I wanted to have a resource on the show that that could give us some tips on what people should be doing to protect themselves. So Chuck, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, you've helped me a ton in the last few weeks with my own computer glitches. So you are definitely well-adversed in this topic. Um, First to start is now with the COVID environment, have you seen much more activity from these cyber criminals?
3: Yes, absolutely. The cyberspace and the scams are very active. And during the COVID right here, uh, is more active. Ransomware has came back um, and is revolving um, each day. Uh, Users just need to be more cautious in taking a look at all the um, information that they're serving online and try to protect each other and themselves as much as possible.
2: Okay. Yeah cuz there's been all all kinds of articles and things out there that the cyber criminal activity has definitely increased just because there's simply just more activity. Now, let's exactly. start with a few few questions here. So, passwords as much of a pain in the butt they are for everybody, how often should we be changing those?
3: Well, passwords should be at least changed minimum of 6 months, okay, every 6 months you should update your password. And passwords, you know, a lot of people, they use something simple, they use um, something that they can remember, but it's so easy to crack and it's so easy to, you know, get a hold of. Um, we recommend at least, like, you know, these passwords need to be at least eight to nine characters with a mix of upper and lower case with numeric and a symbol. Okay. And passwords should change every, say, you know, six months. Um, don't use the same password for everything. Um, use different passwords for different sites, um, different accounts, and just ensure that the password is in a com- um, more complex than you know, just a regular password one, two, three, or your children's name or the pet's name. So you know, something more complex that you can actually remember, but it should be changed every six months.
2: Now, because we have the, in the, the day and age that we live in, we have so many logins and passwords. It is obviously it's overwhelming. Do these single sign on tools such as um, the one I know the best is LastPass, where you have a master password and then it can help either put a different password in for you each time or it saves all your passwords. How safe are those and, and can be people is it okay to be able to use those is a risk to using those? Just because obviously it makes it a lot more convenient than having 50 passwords saved.
3: Well, I'm glad that you brought that up, Chris, because LastPass, like um dashlane, keepers, is highly recommended okay, because they're fully equipped with a master password. If you lose your master password, nobody can actually retrieve it. Okay. Um, I use it myself and I highly promote all the users to use at least one of the password managers to help them manage all the passwords because there's no way to remember all the different sites and different passwords and requirements. So it's highly recommended. As well as when the, if you sign up for the, let's say, LastPass or Keeper that DashLane, on the premium side, you get the dark web scanning as well. What that is, is that it actually scans the dark web for your email and for any breach of your password being leaked outside. Um, don't know if you recall, like, you know, uh, 10, 20 years ago, Yahoo got hacked. Mm-hmm. So anybody who has a Yahoo and they use the same password, is all exposed in the dark web. So what these password manager does is that besides keeping your password Okay, um, in a secure way, it also helps protect and scan the dark web for your vulnerability. Is your password being exposed? Is your email being exposed? Your information being exposed? So yes, absolutely. I promote the use of LastPass, uh, Dashlane, uh, or Keeper.
2: Oof, okay, I'm, I'm, quite, I was sweating there a bit because I've been using LastPass for quite a while. Um, so yes. I'm ha- happy to hear that that that, mm-hmm. that, that you approve. Can you? Um, can you just tell listeners what the dark web is? Cause I know that some will not know what that is.
3: Dark web is a space that the criminals post, um, information online that regular user doesn't have access to, or is very hard to get access to. So dark web, they can go from, you know, um, list of database that's for sale with users, passwords and names, um, financial information, uh, credit cards uh, send number uh, even sales of you know non- legit um, items sub- substance so yeah so a lot of the criminals they explore the dark web for anything that is um, not legal
2: basically it's an internet for criminals that we don't it's an internet leak. for
3: the criminal that's correct
2: I only found out about this, that the dark web, maybe about a year ago, and it was actually from a police officer um, that was involved in cybersecurity and was pretty incredible. I remember just it was over a two-hour conversation because I had never even heard of it and didn't even know it existed. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's good to hear that things like LastPass and that will um, keep people relatively safe from that. So good to hear that you can use LastPass because, as I mentioned, that just keeps – you don't have to have all these – uh passwords memorized so the next thing is um i know and you and i've had this chat as well too about phishing scams i know they're one of the more popular ones and they can be a little difficult to protect from so can you just explain chuck to the listeners what these phishing scams are and because they're evolving as well too and getting better and better and can you just go over what they are and what some of the tips are to identify and what they can do to try and prevent being compromise with these phishing scams
3: absolutely phishing emails are an ongoing problem for all the users and everyone should be aware of phishing email scans um, um, scam emails are basically a email pertaining from a legit company or a person's uh, these are basically unsolicited emails from institute that provide you with a link or attachment uh, that entice you to click on and provide sensitive informations about yourself or money or virus like ransomware really. so when the user click on that email um, it will probably give you a pop-up or give you a link or you know automatically installing a virus or ransomware onto the each onto the user's computer so you know legit company most of the company, will not require you to provide you with any logon okay, pop-up okay, or credit card information unless you're in a legit shopping site. Okay. Um, just always make sure that when you're getting these emails, make sure that it's coming from a legit source okay, and double-check the reply to email. Because with the reply to emails, they can pretend to you know have this exact name as the person's, um uh, that's coming from, but to the reply emails, that differs. okay That is actually the most important thing is always double check who you're replying to. Is that the email that's correct? And check the spelling. because a lot of the people, okay, a lot of the scammers, they actually registered a domain name that's almost exactly the same as the legit one. but they misspell the domain thinking that the user will not pay attention. And just be careful with attachment, be careful and double check all the, the reply to emails and do not make any purchase or like gift cards. A lot of the very popular ones, the phishing emails, basically asking users to buy the Google gift card or the Apple gift card and send them that number. So just be very cautious on every one of these emails making sure that they are coming from a legit and proper spelling of the domain name.
2: Yeah, I, I've just noticed the last little bit too, like some of them are just so tricky. They look so close to the real company. But like you said, as soon as you look at the email, they might have changed one letter or something in the domain oh, name. And it's just incredible how, how creative and how much they make them look like these legit companies. So thanks for that. I know that that's a very big thing. Next thing is... People, majority of people nowadays, they have multiple devices that are going on the internet. So they'll have a work laptop or a home laptop, they have a tablet, they have their phones. Is there certain, does it matter when you're using one device to do certain things? Should you keep them separate? Like, should you only be doing work on your laptop and not going back and forth between multiple devices? And is it safer just to have these individual devices for individual activities?
3: Well, we always promoted, you know, the separation of work device and home device. The reason being is that work device, we usually, with all the company that is working remotely right now, requires a VPN access to the office environment and the network. So the work computer, you know, your guests or your children would not have access to. Keeping it separate from your home computer and work computer is highly promoted. Um, And it shouldn't be using a home computer for work as well because you have other people just accessing the same computer that has probably access to sensitive information on your work computer, right? Um, So yes, we promote the separation uh, between the work and home devices. As to if between tablets and phones and uh, different devices, Yes, you know, um, the mixture of devices doesn't really make too much of a difference, but this as long as the computer itself has a separation.
2: Okay, great. Now, multi-authentication. So that is, I know that's becoming, there's more options available for that. And I, I believe that you're, um, A fan of that as well too. Can you just explain to my listeners what that is, and should people be using that?
3: Absolutely, Um, multi-factor authentication, what we call MFA or two-step authentications, is a must-have for everybody that has an online presence. Even with emails, banking portal, is is absolutely a must. The reason being is that even if the user has obtained your credential you will require an additional step to authenticate the login. So what it is 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 that is an extra additional step for the user to be able to log into the emails or to the banking site or to any shopping portal to ensure that the users are who they are. Because going back, like you say, with the scamming, uh, the phishing email, if the user accidentally provided like the email password credential to this hacker or the scammer, the MFA or two-step authentication provide additional steps that they will require code that actually provides, that is texted to your phone um, to be able to log in. So this this is um, a... This additional security is a must-have for every user. Okay. And we we promote it and we absolutely ask everybody to at least enable, you know, every, all the all the sites that they're going and email account that they have, okay, is to enable this authentications.
2: Now, how do they how can they set that up then? For say you're say you have a Gmail account. How do you set up multi authentication Yeah, so
3: knew uh, you. Yeah, so you should log into your Gmail account and click on your account settings, and under the account setting, under securities, okay. There's under security, if you scroll down, there's a, there's a function called two step authentication. Make sure that you just enable that. Type in your cell phone number and a recovery email address. Okay. So the cell phone number is usually what they requ- require you to you know have that they can text you to text the code to your phone. Or you can download the Google Authenticator or the Microsoft Authenticator app from the from the Play Store or from the iOS App Store. Okay? so what it is is that you send you a notification and say, do you have, would you approve to sign in or would you not approve? In the middle of the night, if you do you get a pop up and say, well, somebody's trying to send me a code or you know your email, all all of a sudden say, do you approve to sign in? You know that your credentials probably been vulnerable so you do not enable that or you do not authorize the login and quickly you know change the password or update the password
2: okay so that's that's huge then um i'm glad that it, we, it is yeah and it's good to know how that you can just simply you can even do it on, i know for banking you, um they definitely have those options but even just your your own personal emails and everything like that it's good to be able to set that up
3: yeah so, and there's a must-have for everybody too
2: yeah. Okay. And sorry, Chuck, again, what was the app that you said for that?
3: is the, the Google Authenticator or the Microsoft Authenticator.
2: Okay, perfect. Thanks.
3: Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: So now moving along, um, antiviruses, because still I know a lot of people don't use them, or some people will try the free ones. Uh, I know Avast is a free one that I think is a pretty decent free one but what is your opinion about those? Should you be paying? I, I'm assuming you. everybody should definitely have one, but are the free ones even worth it or should you be paying for them, how they work?
3: Well, same thing, antivirus is must-have, antivirus and endpoint protection on all your devices is also a must-have um, solution as well to protect. Now, the free one, is better than nothing. So the, sus- the subscription ones are, you know, providing an extra security and additional um, functions to protect your the users' devices. Like free ones, like you say, IVAS, uh, AVG, Malware uh, Malwarebytes, uh, Sophos Home. They are all very recommended uh, free version of the antivirus and endpoint protection. Okay, but. You know, we promote the user for the business environment, and promote the use of like so-called intercept events, where it had better deterrence and better uh, protections for each of the user's devices. So yes, so having a free antivirus endpoint is better than nothing. And absolutely one of the things that everybody have to have on the devices.
2: If you have the antivirus and you have uh, your computer, at least you have the antivirus, and you've got the multi-authentication on your emails. What about email in general? Is there just information that we should never be emailing that can be grabbed by criminals?
3: Absolutely, you know, through to the, the emails, basically there are um, user sensitive information like your drive license, your bank account numbers, your SIN, um, they should not be emailing out, unless you encrypt the email. So, encrypting the email is point to point, where the emails are actually saved to to directly from one user to another. So, but on a general wise, you should not be emailing, you know, your credit card information, your SIN numbers, um, and personal information on the email itself. Because when you're emailing to the other party, you don't know the other party or they protect it or they vulnerable. You can protect yourself, but you have no other way of, you know, knowing the other, the other party that you're emailing have the security in place.
2: Yep. So then obviously you just have to make sure if you, that the party you are emailing to has secure devices. If you have to send them something.
3: That is correct.
2: And I guess as well too, like I know that um, Adobe, you can send it to, um, PDFs and stuff like with passwords and things like that, which obviously helps.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: And what are, we talked about the phishing and scams and stuff like that. What are some of the newer scams you've seen maybe even in the last year because of the, just the current environment with COVID is there, is there new ones out that have just popped up recently because of the current environment? You know-
3: phishing scam emails is always on an ongoing um, problem, okay? So there's always new ones out. Um, I personally experienced quite a bit of ransomware that's been very active um, lately, okay? And users just need to be careful on all the emails that they're getting, the website that they're visiting, making sure that you know, the spelling of the website is correct um, even like Google, if, if a person put in an extra O or put in an extra L um, and it redirects them to a different site. When you get redirected to a different site, you know, just close down the browser, okay, and redo it again. Don't try to click um, you know, those pop-up where you say, Oh, um, click here to close. Because click here to close, okay, it might automatically download and infect uh, or bring up another virus onto the computer itself. So what I suggest to, you know a lot of the users that when they're getting a email, okay, a phishing email or a one website, close down the browser. Don't click on close when it pops up to you, close or okay. Because when you click close or okay or do not you know show me this, it actually links you to other problematic sites or attachment. Okay. But for any you know new scams and new um, viruses and things like that it's always an ongoing uh, problem. Every day we encounter something new. only. Um, it is a challenge for everybody to be you know compacting and and protecting themselves when the whole basically online worlds are very active and it's going to get worse and worse. So users just need to be very cautious of what you know. Of the daily task.
2: And for ransomware, just in case someone doesn't know exactly what that is, can you give an example of what one of those newer ones are?
3: Yeah, so ransomware. There's quite a, um, quite a few variants on the on the site. Okay. So, user when they when they click on an attachment or URL, um, URL meaning the website. A piece of virus get, uh, you know, downloaded to the computer It start encrypting all your data, okay? and any And it will start encrypting anything that's on your network that's accessible as well. So any of the children's computer or in the office environment, you will attack and equip all the servers and, um, and every workstations. Um, and it spreads super fast, okay? Within minutes, I think the whole server can be encrypted only. And what the ransomware is that basically is encrypting all your files and it will ask you to pay for a ransom, usually in the way of Bitcoin. They will ask you to pay probably 10 Bitcoins or 20 Bitcoins um, for them to release a, a password for you to decrypt the ransomware um, encrypted files. Now it's very active, and I, I personally experienced a few. Really. And you know, basically, it is one of the worst um, virus that's out there for all the business. And yeah, it, it's super. It's spreading every day. New new variants are coming out, and just had to be very precautious as to you know going back of all the emails and websites and pop up.
2: Okay, great. Well, thanks for that. Now leading into that, now have a chat about purchases online because this year has definitely pushed a lot of people that have not done purchases online to start doing that because a lot of people really didn't have a whole heck of a lot of choice when things were locked down and trying to get everything done. So with, in regards to that, what are some of the tips that people can do to just make sure that the purchases they are doing online are as safe as they can be.
3: Yeah. So, you know, this is going to be growing rapidly and continue to grow as people is getting the comfort of shopping online, just making sure that the website that they're shopping from, okay, the store that they're shopping from online or webable and the spelling of the website is, is correct. Um, it is safe to shop online. And because that is always, uh, you know, it's going to be annoying and, is, is growing as, as it comes. Okay. Um, just ensure, like I say, ensure that the website, uh, that you're shopping on is the legit website that you're on double check the spelling, double check the, you know, the domain and, um, just be cautious with any of the, um, the pop-up and you know, misspelling of the website.
2: Okay, perfect. Thank you. Now, this is a question I have is, is it safe to have computers running what what, just say when you're not using them or they're in sleep mode, you're stepping away to go make yourself some lunch or you have to go just do something for 10 minutes. I know I don't leave them on that long, but I know other people that will leave these on for quite a while or they always have it in sleep mode. Is there any danger to that?
3: Uh, Computer running all the time was on sleep mode or not. is actually okay. Um, You know, the, the only thing that we recommend and emphasize is that when you're walking away from your computer, okay, make sure it's locked. Okay. So it's password protected. Um, nobody can, you know, access a computer or any of the information's on it uh, while you're away. Okay, um, Something like, you know, children's probably sometime hop onto the computer. If you have password protected, they need to enable the, you know, they need to unlock the computer before it can be accessible. So having computer running all the time is fine. Um, that's something that's uh, quite annoying for all the offices as well. They, um, just ensure that you securely lock the computer while you're away from the from your computer.
2: Okay, perfect. All right. Well, I th- that's we're getting down here on the time, and I'll just summarize for listeners. So the things that we have touched on today is passwords we want to make sure obviously you're changing them every six months and um that you can use um single sign-on tools such as LastPass or the other ones that chuck mentioned because they are relatively safe i think patrice has been pretty quiet during this whole time because she's erasing all her pet passwords how did you then. know how did you know <laughs> 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 i can i can hear the keys going that she's thinking of passwords that's okay that's good Um, Also, the phishing scams, we've touched on how to make sure that to pay very close attention to the logos and the domain names and replies, because I've found a few of those myself. And the multi-authentication, there I said it right that time, that one always trips me up, is very, very important for email and banking. Any viruses, we all know we should have them. I know quite a few people that don't, but we definitely want to have those, especially with the environment that we're all in. And uh, yeah, the tips with the information of emailing and the purchases online. Thanks, Chuck. That was really, really good. I really appreciate you coming on because that was some very, very valuable advice. And I am so glad that you and your team are constantly monitoring our computers for myself and my team, just because as you had mentioned throughout this whole podcast, there is a whole bunch of things that we need to be aware of and make sure to keep our computers safe.
3: And thank you, Chris, for bringing me on.
2: Chris, you can't promise me that all your passwords are perfect, right?
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) But now, Chris, how can people reach you if
2: they have additional questions? As always, you can just go to our website, threehatsfinancial.ca, and there's a contact form there if any listeners have any questions for myself or Chuck.
1: All right, sounds good. Thank you very much, Chuck Jung of SysTech Solutions. Really some great cybersecurity tips. And yeah, the passwords are going to be an issue now. (laughs) And and thank you, Chris DeRoe of Three Hats Financial for bringing us, Chuck. And to make sure you know when new episodes of Chris's podcast are available, subscribe to The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth. Just use the subscribe button on the page and you can share with the share button. I'm Patrice Sikora and let's talk again later.
0: Thank you for listening to The Ride, life, work, and wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. All comments are of a general nature and should not be relied upon as individual advice. The views and opinions expressed in this commentary may not necessarily reflect those of Harborfront Wealth Management. While every attempt is made to ensure accuracy, facts and figures are not guaranteed. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing or tax advice. Please seek advice from your accountant regarding anything raised in the content of the podcast regarding your individual tax situation. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.